0: mm <laughs> back to the Queen Encounters podcast. I am your host, Queen Shivs, and today I am not by myself. Uh, this episode four, we made it to four episodes um, of our first season, and this one is entitled, Confessions of a Church Girl. Because if you know, you know. Um, and I am honored to have one of my very, very close friends um, Justina, just Justina, as she said. Justina Harvey. So happy to have you here, sis. Thank you, thank you, thank you for having me. Justina is, she said she is just Justina, but that's disrespectful to her. She is not just Justina. Justina is a powerhouse in her own right, a serial entrepreneur. Uh she currently is the what's your official title for Just Sweets? Just so sweet. Yes, owner operator. Owner-operator of Just So Sweets, which is? My dessert business. Her dessert business. And I was lucky to have um, some, I think, I know I had some pretzels. I think that was definitely my favorite, the strawberries I was able to have before I discovered I was allergic. Disrespectful. (laughs) But, yes. um, Duly noted. What would you say? I said duly noted. (laughs) Yes. Um, But to know her is truly to love her. I'm honored to have known her as long as I've known her. We've been friends. No, wait a minute. We'll get there. We'll get there. But so we'll be talking today about um, just what it's like being a quote unquote church girl. Um, Both of us were, I was going to say born and raised in the church. It feels like born and raised for the church. I was there from six months. Mm -hmm. Six months is when we started going to church as a family. I I was told, of course, because I don't remember. But um, what about you? Oh, I was actually born and raised. Born and raised. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, born and raised. That's very, very clear. So um, before we delve into our topic, what we like to do, what I like to do on the podcast is give an opportunity um, to give way to our title, the title of the podcast, Queen Encounters, I have encountered some pretty dope women and um, our paths are not the same. Sometimes it's the same, but um, it's always interesting to know how we met and how we got to where we are today. So we were talking the other day about our meeting, how we actually met. You want to start it? How did we meet? No, no, you go because I I didn't remember this story, so I want. I to didn't remember it. until we were talking. Okay, I'll start it. Uh, we met in junior high school back in the day. Middle school used to be back in the day. Lord, Um <laughs> uh, Middle school used to be junior high school because it was only seventh and eighth grade. So we met in the seventh grade. We were in the same homeroom class, and TMI disclaimer. This is what she remembers. This is what I remember, and she doesn't have another story to counter it, so we're gonna go with what I remember. I remember we were in class, and you know we bond um like we do by having conversations, and one of the conversations came up because you know we were around we have it was age appropriate conversation we were talking about our menstrual cycles and who had um gotten their menstrual cycle. a lot of us had gotten it over the summer um we had gotten it uh, maybe a year ago and we were talking because we came to you just and you hadn't gotten yours yet and we were like oh girl so we, t- we were telling you like what we <laughs> but it was like a little like group of us like you know talking and that's that's my first encounter i'm sure you know it was present present but that conversation is what i remember vividly <laughs> not present <laughs> <laughs> because we're in the same class so same we remember like saying oh this person's in my class. This person's in my class. But we could not remember because we've been friends. How long is that?
1: Thirteen is, is over... a long
0: time ago. Like that's really long. It's like over twenty five years, right? Yeah, Thirteen. We're not even we're not even gonna do numbers. Yeah, we're not because if we, we start... We're not gonna started, do numbers. We can't do numbers. Carrying the and you yeah, yeah, that's that's But long. I do know that I've known you for more than half my life. You know what? I was Telling that to somebody, now I've known you more. <laughs> like you said, more than now. So more than I've known you. That's a long time, but that's beautiful. That's a, cool. long it is a long time. It's a long time. Mr. Anthony's homeroom class. Remember. You, you remember that? I remember, I remember the, the the class. I okay. didn't remember the exact conversation that we had. Oh. But it's funny because I was not late bloomer. I, I didn't. So I got it. I, I don't know if we should talk about this, but I did get my menstrual like once. And it never came back until I was like fourteen, so it was like mm-hmm. weird. So that's very interesting. Um, but that, that, yeah, that 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 sounds about right. That sounds about me and you. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I <laughs> yes, see that. But I, I do, I do remember that homeroom. I definitely remember that homeroom class. So let me ask you this, and you may not remember. I don't remember, um, and I don't know why I do this when I never remember. But I think it's interesting because people will tell me. I know people sometimes. I know them so long and. <laughs> Especially if we've grown to um like a sistership. I don't remember where we met, how we met. I'm just like, help me, sis. How did we meet? Um but do you know how we went from classmates just talking to our little clique? No. I don't remember the details. I I don't remember how we became right. What is mm-hmm. the four of us? Me, you mm-hmm. naima, Danta. sometimes I I said that's what I said. sometimes I am. You name it, I feel like we were the Fantastic Four. We were the Flossy Posse. The Flossy Posse we're the Flossy some, posse. We have some honorable <laughs> mentions. Ayana, mm-hmm. love her down, mm-hmm. um, but I think she didn't. Did she, uh, maybe she didn't live in Brooklyn. I don't know. I feel like she maybe lived further. That's why okay. she was always around. Um, I I think just our personality because this is funny, but I feel like back in junior high school is when they were like the mean girls the fly girls like it was clicked up and i felt mm-hmm. like we were the like we tried to break that whole thing because i feel like we were all pretty but no we're not about to be a part of the fly girls or the mean girls we Absolutely. didn't want to that so we had our own little crew and i know that everybody would try to pull us because you were in drama we were in dance and you know those clicks won us and we're like nope no, we breaking boundaries. No, These people, right here. <laughs> I feel like it's a testament to our relationship in in now because we never kind of got sucked into that. I feel like it was a lot of cliquish and things that you know they did in junior high school because that's when I remember like the mean girls and the pretty right. girls. Um, right. It was it was very very um, noticeable in junior high school, and I feel like we did not we weren't a part of that. Like we played with the boys. Remember, we used to bother them. We weren't too cute to, you know, play and have a good time. We really had a good time. We We played so much. We played so much. But, you know what? It's good because we didn't grow up fast. We weren't like, you know, rushing to be in relationships. Like, we were playing. We wanted to play fight. And I know they were sick of us. We're not fighting. We're trying to be cute. And we up there fighting, tripping people. Just being... Yo, you love to trip people. That was so annoying. You really love When you think about it now, we, it was annoying back then. But back then, we were but we were kids. We were, you yes. know, we were enjoying it. And I love that about our crew. And I remember people would say that about Like, y'all always playing. Like, y'all should be cute getting nails. Like, you know, and being... But no, we weren't like that. We were goofy. Yeah, yeah, that's a good word. We were, you were. goofy. Yeah, so I, it's funny Laugh thinking about it now when you ask me how I met, how we met. I couldn't remember the specifics, but I remember those stories, like us tripping people and always about to fight because people were sick of us tripping people. But you know what I remember? I remember Um, I know you guys know her, so you know when her birthday is. And back then, she absolutely let me tell you something, hated let you go. Go. hated to be April Fool's or Fool's on her birthday, like that. she Till this was day, so hated. hate it. Do not, do not, do not, do no. And it was so funny because I remember that, like, first birthday that you had when we were a crew and you gave us this whole speech and you had this whole, like, thing, like, do not do no April Fools. Joe, don't. And don't then tell us what happened. What happened? What happened after my speech on, on my birthday? What happened? Well, remember when I had said we were goofy and play too much. we played too much. I mean, it's only right, like, hello, hello, makes sense. We, we tripping people in school. What you thought was going to happen? And boy, she had a whole attitude, but um, it was, oh, it that was so funny. But I remember, I remember that clearly. I remember that day. I remember that day. And I remember that's when I figured out your favorite color was purple. And then I was like, oh, I think I like that color too. Because I feel like back then all girls like pink and I'm like, I don't really like pink. Hold on, we got to backtrack. We have to backtrack because what you did was you gave me a gift box full of gift boxes. We Oh, you wanted me to tell the story? I needed to, I needed that. Sh- oh, Let okay. me tell you, okay? If you don't know, my birthday happens to fall on April 1st, right? Other people around the world acknowledge that day as an international prank day. So, April Fool's Day. I the person birthed on that day, do not acknowledge that. Therefore, it is not enjoyable to me to be pranked. I don't like pranks in general, but certainly not on my birthday because do I trick you on your birthday? So it's not funny, right? So I just wanted to say that that after me giving a speech, just to just put a pin on how childish, I'm going to say they were. I'm not going to be part of this. How childish they were. I gave my speech about how I don't like to be pranked. And they decided, you know what I'm going to do? Let me give her this gift. What? I just had I to say that. I just okay. want to say, I don't think it was my idea. I'm not sure whose idea it was. I told you it was four of us. I just remember you gave it to me. Did I? I yeah. was the one? You gave it to me and we they were, were going home. home. Another friend. Was she, we were she, home people, people were being mad. nameless because she, she's not here to defend herself. She popped my balloons. Yeah, I remember that. And I wasn't going to tell that part because she had an attitude. She was mad at us. Did you even speak to us the next day? I feel like we was on punishment for like two days. I don't I know, guess. but if 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 um if I was Siobhan as I am Siobhan today, probably not. I probably yeah, I feel did. like we y'all didn't. Y'all probably yeah. didn't care because y'all we was did Because we did anyway. But I I feel I so we gave so gift box. I remember giving her a gift box <laughs> full of boxes. I don't remember me being the one that actually handed it to her. Why <laughs> would I do that? That wasn't smart. But because I, remember, I have. And we fifty two bus was it? I, and I think she like walked ahead of us. She didn't even want to. she And I remember, I was stuff. over it. What are we doing? Purple, like light lavender. I feel like I even That's remember this outfit. Light lavender. See, I, my memory comes in once if She had on this yeah. like light lavender, and I just remember how, I ain't gonna laugh too loud because she had an attitude. But we were like kicking in the back, but low because you know she a little feisty. Yeah, y'all were kicking it. In, and I was like She was so mad. That's why I didn't really want to say what we did because. Yeah, I I knew it was kind of a a soft spot. She was mad. For sure. sure. Nobody told me to be born that day. And no, we don't get pranked on our birthday. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I definitely chose to be born on April 1st. I mean, you did. You and Jesus had a conversation. Did we? Oh, is that how it happens? Oh. In in my mind, that's how it happens. Anyway, so that was our encounter. But I will say this, and this is how we grew up, right? So we lived very, very close to each other. So we would go home together. And I remember that we would, <laughs> this sounds so bad. We would have our meetups on the corner. Right on the corner, just talking for we hours. Lived, we lived um, off of the same block. Uh, so before we would like meet up and break up, we will would, we would meet um, halfway. So when we went back home, we were all, both walking equal distance. We would meet up on the corner and we would be sitting there talking for like an hour about everything, about life, about our family, because we both um, have large families um, and uh, we both are church girls. So we would have conversations about that. Our conversations range from so many things. And I think that's where the sistership was born. I know we were a part of a group and we were hanging out and we, we did that, but I think we developed something a little deeper on that corner for sure, because we did that for years. Years, even after we um graduated, <laughs> cause we went to up on the corner, <laughs> on the corner, on the corner. I mean, talking like we ain't just been to eight hours. Seriously, all school, mm-hmm. we were just in class on the bus together, taking lunch together. It was so much to talk about. There's always so much to talk about. Always so much to talk about, and that's yeah, still so true so- to this day. Yeah, so that's that's what I remember about um our encounter. So I initially with where we met, but then the encounter. I would say the encounter was definitely on the corner. That's when she redeemed herself. Um, because <laughs> everything I did in, in really school. She did. Because the school was a different person. <laughs> on the corner, she, we, okay. we had a conversation, but at school, we was foolish. I can, was, I can really bang with her. <laughs> I was a class clown at school, baby. It, it was different. For sure. For sure. So Dang, I really was. <laughs> was like you were. Like, you matured so much.
1: And you know, now you
0: just laugh at things, but you used to be the reason that people would laugh. And you, you would know, make yourself laugh. You know what's too. funny? I don't I don't even think I realized until this moment. Like literally right now, like right now today. How say it's always been crystal day. clear to me. <laughs> <laughs> now that's hilarious. But yeah, I didn't realize I was the class clown until today. Today today, seven thirty seven PM. Congratulations. <laughs> All right, so that's who we have. that's our back our backstory, right <laughs> um and for us to be as silly as we were and to play like we played um but to have some really serious deep conversations on that corner, um I think that lends to like leads us right into our first um uh question. I want you to if you can summarize, right share your personal journey as a church girl. So like I mentioned before, I was born and raised in church my whole life. Um, And the first church I went to is a family church. So like my bishop, well, he's arch now, um, is my uncle. Mm -hmm. My mom's one of the pastors. My aunt's one of the pastors. You know, uncle is is one of the elders and all of that. So definitely born and raised. And so there, I feel like I got my foundation. That's where you know, I learned my biblical principles, I'd say. Um, So, I didn't do, amazingly, I didn't do much in my home church. Like, I did a little bit. Like, I I, I was on a praise dance ministry. Maybe my mom forced me to sing in a choir. But I didn't do much. Um, But when I left home and I moved to Virginia for a little while and I joined other churches, that's when I really did a lot in church. I so I came from, you know, um, my church in, back home. It's a pretty decent-sized church. I, I'd say like a, you know, good mid-sized church. 300 people, to 300, something like that. Um, but then when I moved away, I moved to Virginia. I actually, I actually went to a church in the house. Um, like, they were really starting out. Um, and I did everything. So I came from not doing too much, knowing, learning a lot, and, you know, forced to go to Sunday school. But then when I left, I did literally everything from, you know, praise dancing to the worship uh, leader to the youth pastor, to the trustee. Uh, I did everything but play the drums in the organ. <laughs> um, but, you know, home, when when people are building churches, that, it's a lot of responsibility and it's very, really hard. So I didn't do that for a long time, but I did do it for a few years. And then I ended up joining, you know, another um, mid-sized ministry um and then there i was um an evangelist um and then my church now i'm on usher board so i'm very well rounded (laughs) uh, the good thing so my home church is pentecostal um when i moved to virginia i was baptist (laughs) and now we're non-denominational so not only um you know, have I done a few things. I've also been to, you know, different denominations. So it's, you know, I feel like I can speak to a lot of different things. Um, because I didn't stay in one church my whole life. I've been, you know, big churches, um, house churches was literally in somebody's living room to, you know, uh mid-sized churches. So kind of all the way um, you know, I've been all around. I've done pretty much a little bit of everything. Um, so yeah, yeah, I can am kinda kinda could talk about a lot. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, for sure. So um I mean I'll I'll share just a little bit um of my journey. Uh I was definitely raised in um a Baptist, well, I was raised in a Baptist church. Um but that I would certainly say that was my foundation. Um that is where I developed uh my gift of speaking. Because I think when I was two, I delivered the welcome. And then from there, I was doing the welcome. I was on every board, choir, usher board, junior missionaries, Girl Scouts. So every Sunday was accounted for. First Sunday, missionaries. Second Sunday, with the Girl Scouts. Third Sunday, with the ushers. Fourth Sunday, we with the choir. Uh, and what I love about the foundation that gave me, I wasn't afraid to speak. And when I look back on it, I'm so grateful that we had a space uh, for us to be and to grow. Uh, so um, I'm grateful for that because me being in the setting allowed me to make a decision on my own at seven um, to get baptized and then make another decision at 14 to um dedicate my life um, to Christ and it would like accept him at knowing, uh, knowing more than I did at seven, of course. Um, and from there, it's just been this journey, but it's definitely been a journey. And I, I now say I am a church girl with my chest poked out. Um, but before I didn't have to tell you because you knew I would ball up my fist and people are like put your little church fist down. I'm like, I try to say a little cuss, they be like, that don't even sound right. I'm like, uh, 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 and then I so desired to be something else because, um, I, I felt like there was a box I was in for being a church girl. I couldn't step outside the box. Certainly that meant there were no, mis- there was no room for mistakes at all. I was held to a higher standard, um, for sure. From some people, I was held to a higher standard than the people's, um, uh, people have for their own children. They were like, I'm like, oh, and I wasn't a PK. So I'm like, What's, what are we doing here? What's happening? But I, I lived a life very, very similar as far as like the responsibility I think that I, um, I had. Uh, so um, yeah, one of the things that inspired this particular thing is because I've lived a life where um, in the Bible, the story of the prodigal son, I've always <laughs> lived the life of the son that stayed. So now I'm staying and I got an attitude because and if you don't know the story, two sons one son decided you know what dad i know you got some money for me go ahead and get that to me because i'm gonna go do my own thing so you give me what's due to me i'm gonna do my own thing and whatever he goes this a life of course blows the money whatever then he finds himself like in the lowest of lows in the slums and come he comes to himself that's the scripture that always gets me he comes to himself and it's like hey i can just go back to my father's house and i could be a servant i don't even have to be a son anymore i can be a servant and then he comes back. When he comes back, the father welcomes him with open arms, um, pulls out all the stops for him, has this big feast for him. And then the son that stayed has an attitude like, yo, you never gave that to me. I've been in here the whole time serving you. Like, what's really good? And I've always kind of lived my life from that standpoint. But then when you become the one that leaves and does their own thing, then you're like, God, I thank you so much for grace. And, you know, so I've been on both sides of it. And Um, I think it's important for people to know because I used to feel, um, shame. I used to feel not convicted. Another word. All I have right now is shame, but I used to feel bad for being human. I'll say that for being human, uh, so much so that it made me resent my faith because I'm like, well, let me just do whatever because, but now I recognize, listen, God knew what he was doing. He said, baby girl, let's go ahead and snatch. I tell people this story and they're like, let's go ahead and snatch you up early because if I don't snatch you up, you're going to be a problem. And I just tell people, just thank the Lord that I know him for real for your sake because this one without the Holy Spirit, thank God for Jesus. Right. So, yeah. Um, just to kind of piggyback off what you said, mm-hmm. so like, like you, um, you mentioned people hold you to a higher standard, even than their own children. It's so funny because, um, like I mentioned, I've been to a lot of churches, and for me, I was always close with the first family. Um, and at one point, I I lived with one of my bishop's daughter. I lived with his daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, for about two years and guess who would get in trouble so um and this is his daughter not mm-hmm. like you know somebody he raised somebody just call him pops his spiritual father no his blood <laughs> and if something would happen or you know word got out we did anything he he would come to me i'm like mm-hmm. huh mind you She's older than I am too. So it's not even like, oh, well, you know, you the big sister. No, 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 I wasn't. I, I definitely wasn't. Um, so it's, it's you know, it's interesting to note that because, um, you know, I, the calling and the anointing and the gift that's on our lives, like no matter what the relationship is, you know, the title to that person, that's their daughter. However, we are still the ones who've been called. Like, right. yeah, but Justine, you know, but huh? Yeah. It's so... She was raising your house under your rules, how am I, Justina? You the strong one. Who told you that? I ain't even. Who told you I was strong? But I'm um, not even that yeah. strong. Yeah, I like. I ain't even. But you know, <laughs> but it's interesting that you said it because yes, um, always you know, and that that kind of popped in my memory because I we we did get in trouble. I'm, I'm always in trouble. Mm-hmm. Um, church girl. I'm um, always in trouble. Al- always in the office. Always in the office. Um, but this particular time. <laughs> can't even do nothing but um because no matter what like people can recognize like who you are whether we try to deny or we try to fit in um kind of like you mentioned we might try to curse and they're like and you try to fight you try to drink you know you try to fit in so to speak yeah. um and they say like Mm-mm. Mm-mm. but you know better and yeah. um you know when he said that to me it was a little different because you know, he was the bishop, and he's like, but you know, but, and I expected more from me, kind of hurt, like, you expected more from me, but all right, you know, I'm gonna take it, you know, and, um, and I'm gonna have this conversation, so after that, you know, I, even if it wasn't my fault, like, I would always, you know, try to talk to her, like, hey, you know, maybe we should, you know, again, this person is older than me, but, mm-hmm when somebody calls you and reminds you who you are it's like dang i can't even act up even though you know i'm in you know your space but mm-hmm. i know better so it, it was like my dad even though he wasn't my biological father this is my spiritual father and he right. called me to place. i expect more from you like that's my daughter but you know better
1: mm-hmm. um so yes yeah,
0: yeah yeah um that's what happens when yeah it, it, it we just, can't get we away we can't get away so get away. um that, so far mm-hmm. what'd you say a little bit? i said we can't go but so far we can do a little we bit can. I I have a little we can't but i can't get too crazy you know we you can't mean? at all because um, not at can. all Hop real quick come on back so for, so that leads me into the next part like navigating church culture like how did you navigate um church culture Well, so this it's a three part. Okay, <laughs> navigating church culture, and then share um, some positive experience experiences that you had in church, and then some negative experiences that you had in church. Well, being of course, you know, being in church all my life, um, definitely had all of the above. Um, negative experiences, positive experiences. Mm-hmm. I don't know how I feel. Experiences um, mm-hmm. and ugly and different. Um, so growing up in let me just say this, love church, always have. Um, mm-hmm. even when I was hurt, you know, I still I absolutely love being a church girl, love being a Jesus girl. Um, mm-hmm. never felt ashamed about that, even in school or um, you know, time when people like, oh, you know, I'm a church girl, and is, yes, yes, I am. Mm-hmm. I, I'm a church girl. Um to me, I think <laughs> interestingly enough, um, not necessarily outside. I had more problems navigating culture inside the church. Correct. Uh, because mm-hmm. there was a lot of cliques. So, as we talked about with junior high school, right, There were a lot of mean girls and um, pretty girls, you know, the crew. I felt like there was that in church. There was a lot of clickish. Like, if you could sing, oh, you know, you're on the oh, you know, she's so anointed or the people who were popular or, you know, people who I'm going to say anointed. I'm not going to say talented. I'm going to be nice. Um <laughs> Anointed, you know, they, they almost didn't give other people a chance. If you didn't fit in, you didn't right. really get a chance. You didn't get an opportunity. So I I dealt with that a lot. Um, And then in my home church, so because I grew up there and we were a big family, unfortunately, in your you know, big family, know we didn't have a lot of money so I felt like sometimes we were treated a little funny and then my dad wasn't in church my mom was my dad wasn't and then so it's eight of us same mother same father and my brothers once they got older they didn't really come to church so people kind of treated us like that like oh you know they hood kids you know we from the hood or whatever so I feel like they didn't always receive us you know how they say at home of like Jesus you won't always be received mm-hmm. that's why I didn't do much I did dance because I don't think I had a choice I think my mother made me and I did sing on a choir but I, I wasn't able to really speak I didn't have that space I didn't I could because the teaching there was absolutely top tier mm-hmm. uh, so I had word in me and I had a lot of knowledge with one thing I can say about that my home church is oh uh, the word sound sound doctrine but I didn't really feel like I could use that because we weren't really well received. They didn't give us opportunity, or I don't know if they really believed we could. And if they did, I don't just be—I don't know if they really—I want to say cared for us, but um, we didn't really have the space. I wasn't as appreciated maybe that than I think I could have been. So when I went out, when I went away, that's when you know I began to speak and you know, do more things. Um, and I think, like they say, strangers will treat you better sometimes. So it's more welcome. Yeah. Um, you know, welcome with open arms. Just like I said, I live with my bishop's daughter. They allow me in the house and, you know, um, things like that. Um, and even, so, you know, you get accepted and they love you and all that thing. And Then, so once you do get received, then there's also that culture where you can do good, but don't get too good, right? That's still in church. You do good, but not better than them. So when people do see your gifts and mm. talent, because um, at first you're shy, you don't really yeah. know. And when you yeah. become, I don't want to say confident, but when you know that you're walking in your anointing or you're walking <laughs> in what God has assigned you to, and you're fulfilling your purpose, Confidence you don't look like word. that either. Like, oh, so oh, oh, so she can preach. Oh, mm-mm. now you know you have to deal with that culture. You know right. the. the Oh, she's doing too much. Oh, she's just trying to be seen. Oh, she's trying to be cute. Oh, you singing, you dancing, you this. I'm just trying to be used. Whatever he has, I'm just trying to be everything I can. Absolutely. You know, then you have to deal with that. Oh, you do. Oh, you're just trying to be in everything. You're just trying to be. That's no, good. I'm just trying to be used. You know, I'm just trying to fill the need. I'm just trying to help out. Um. So for me, I'm saying all this to say. When you have that fight to you know first you're not necessarily seed and then you are seed and then you get to this level and then people start oh you just want to be seen even if you brush it off it's a seed planted right mm-hmm. so for me a lot of that hurt mm. to grow up in my family church and not be used and then to finally be used and now that I am being used oh now we don't like it so I dealt with a lot of cultures and had to overcome a lot but that seed Today, I'm literally just getting healed from yeah. having to navigate through all these different terrains, so to speak, and having to deal with all of that Cause, because I didn't know that those seeds were planted because I thought, okay. I'm not listening to them. I'm doing it anyway. But right. I, mm-hmm. though I was doing it. I was second guessing myself in my head like, oh, am I doing too much? Am I trying to be seen? Well, no, yeah. I won't leave this. on. let somebody else. So I started to shy away thinking you know i was pushing back but now i realized that i allowed those people to plant that seed right. and impacted you know how i navigated and then how i came to this church and i do not being an usher because um, there's nothing wrong with that but that's all i want to do because i don't want to do too much because i don't want. Right. yeah so you trying trying come so that's that um however i will say i i i still love being in church, um, one, because that community, you can't get that anyway, you know, every I mean, I'm in the same place with the, for the same reason, to praise, worship God, and you get that, you definitely get that encouragement, I know one thing, every time I leave, I'm always uplifted, always encouraged, and mm-hmm. I, I've gained some great sisters, some great mentors, and that one great thing, I've had some great, amazing teachers, amazing spiritual fathers, each church I've been to, I still call them my spiritual dad. Like all of all of them have been amazing spiritual fathers um, that I would actually call a spiritual father. Right. Um, so definitely love that. Um love going there. You know, I love everything about church. Love the music. Um love the word. Love the um, I love the scene. You know, I, I'm on street. I can't be in a quiet church. I need, I need all the theatrics. I need the shouting. That's the theatrics. You know, that's who I am. I want to see somebody slain. It, I'm right. like that. If, if y'all ain't doing this, I'm not coming. If y'all quiet, that's not for me. I I need all the things. So those are the good things, and I have great friendships. Um, I learned a lot. You know, being a single parent, the things that I learned in church, I was able to instill in my son. Mm-hmm. Um, and he loves it. Like my son is in another state. He goes to church without anybody telling him to. That mm-hmm. is big for me. When my son was like, oh, I went to church today. You did what? I'm so proud. Like, you want them to do that, and they should, but it's still shocking. Like, oh, yeah. my gosh, like, you just did it? Um, like, oh, that, that is true. Raise my back? It's church. amazing he to, see to see the he go. Yeah. What? It's working? So, you know, I, I would never nothing can take that experience from me and, you know, all that it's taught me and how I, how it made me who I am today. But there's definitely a lot of hurt. People say things and they don't realize um, the seeds that it plant, and then yeah. one person plants the seed, the other person waters it. So yeah. now, and that see- goes both ways because we say that about the word and you know, um, receiving, um, uh, planting the seed of salvation. But sometimes those those other seeds are those negative seeds are planted also, and if you're not careful to uproot them, they will affect you. Mm-hmm. Um, that that's why that's why we are who we are to each other, um, because our experiences are very, very similar. Um, you can't, Mm-mm. keep going. You can't, the... <laughs> you can't help the life that, um, the light that you have, you know, you can't help that. Um, but, uh, I had a similar experience. And if I would say that I, I love the relationships that I developed in church, I loved I love the confidence that it gave me, but I will say I definitely encountered that hurt place um, that I'm still recovering from actually. And mm-hmm. it was it in my, and the way I interpreted interpreted it was my yes. So I gave my yes. And then my yes translated to others as arrogance and you think you can do no wrong. And all those things. And that's not what it was. It was simply a yes. We asked five people. Siobhan does it all the time. Okay, let's ask four other people. They all say no. Siobhan's still away. Well, hey, Siobhan, are you still willing? Yes. But then I'm up there. And I remember I had a really, really big, um, big issue when I was a teenager um, exiting about, you know, about to leave like around my senior year of high school that affected how I think it affected how I moved further. Like to this day, I think that's still something that hits and I'm still, working through those things. And I've, I've come a long way, but that had me <laughs> talking about, I think we'll get to that in the next part, but it had me talking about God. This was this was what my, not my mantra was, but this is what I said. This was my spiel when I went to college. I said, God, not even God knows my heart. Me and God had a conversation. It's the lies that we tell. Me and God have a conversation and God knows that I'm taking a little break, a little sabbatical, and I'll come back after I graduate. Not in a when I say God snatched me up immediately, I think I got to wild out for one semester. <laughs> and I'm not even, I, I, these, this is this is confessions, but I ain't going to say, if you know, you know, what my favorite song was freshman year. It wasn't nothing holy about it at all. And it was sounding like, oh, you know, song, you know? And I would act crazy, not crazy. I wouldn't, because I was still, I still had, you know, once it was in, in you and I wouldn't go too far, but I would say that, um, I definitely was living a life, um, in my, my freshman year. And I remember, um, I don't want to get too far into that. Uh, but that was definitely a, a negative experience. And I think I hit that at different places because I know what was in me, but it was like, one thing about church culture that was negative for me is that I'm learning protocol. Like what's protocol? Uh, are we, you know, I was born and raised in church, so my, um, pastor that, um, Baptized me. Um, and from my childhood, I'm like, Hey, how are you doing? And like, I'm very, very comfortable, very comfortable. And then, you know, being in spaces where there's like a distance between you and the pastor and you have to go through different people to talk to the pastor and, and all those things. And what that did for me, it was like, you know, and um, each I've had different phases where you were talking about with the startup, um, startup churches, where I was in the inner circle, so to speak um, and part of the leadership team. So I'm used to that, but I'm also aware of protocol in a way where what it does to me, I think unconscious, I mean subconsciously, is it puts me in my place, so to speak. So instead of just freely being me, because I don't think I'm better than if I'm sitting on a leadership team or if I'm not assigned to a leadership team, I'm going to serve where I serve. I'm going to minister from the pulpit. I'm going to minister in the lobby. I'm going to minister in the parking lot. I'm going to minister through text message. Like that's just who I am. And I'm learning to embrace that and be comfortable in that. But I know because of that seed of, I think, I would I want to say kind of like isolation, rejection and then also um having to uphold an impossible standard just kind of had me all kind of mixed up because I know I'm not perfect. I'm with me 24/7. I know I'm not perfect, but the expectation to be perfect Okay, sorry. Um, let me just say, like, being a mom is really, really comical. Okay? going to be responsible for you, this is really, really comical. Anyway, but uh, I would say that's kind of a combination of my positive um, my positive and my negative um, experiences um, that what it did for me in a positive light is it gave me a foundation, it gave me a voice. I know I know what I can do and who I am because of what I was allowed to experiment with, right? Um, And then on the other side of it, like any other place, let me be very clear about this, like any other place, right? Because people love to say, well, I don't come to church because, all right, all right. Your boss get on your nerve, your coworker get on your nerve. What you gonna do? Go back to work the next day. So I never subscribe to that. Definitely take the time that you need, but I'm definitely not saying what I'm saying to say, oh, look at that. But I just know that, People are human and people are people. And one of the things that helped me the most to understand this with the people are people is that um, the church is a hospital, right? We're not ex- we're expecting people to come there and be all together. And that's a whole lie because people are people. And if we saw people as people, we would then be able to give them the grace that they need when they sh- when they show their humanity. You know what I mean? If there's something that's happening that's not um, in alignment with the word of God, and not even in alignment with the, with what the person may have professed or proclaimed, and then we're praying. You know what I mean? It makes you less quick to judge. And then, let that stuff spin around and hit you, and you're like, oh, so this Okay. And then we would give, you know, give you grace. But that's, that was kind of the biggest lessons that I learned that people are people, including people who sit in seats of spiritual authority, pastors, elders, um, deacons, um, they they are people, you know, so um, that helps give some balance to it for me. But I think if we're being honest, if you've been in the church, or if you live life, you know, I don't wanna take heat off of the church, but like if you've lived life, you know but well, we're gonna definitely ride to the wheels fall off because kingdom them to for life, so um, we're not gonna to do too much on the church, okay, but um, not understanding that it's not too much, not too much on the church, so that's kind of um that for me, so let's um go here, so how has your faith evolved over the years um So, for me, um, I think, you know, when you're young, you depend on, like, your mama's prayers, your grandma's Mm -hmm. prayers, you know, those that come before you. Um, For me, like you, when you move away and have to be on your own, it's a whole Mm -hmm. different faith. It's a whole different kind of, you know, prayer life and all that that you have to have. Because, I you know, I moved away. I moved out of my parents' house when I was eighteen, and then I moved to Virginia at twenty-one, and I had a son. So, you know, being out, I used to always say like, "Um, in the wilderness," because I'm away from home, away from you know my my pastors and those people that I knew could get a prayer through mm-hmm. my faith. I what we used to say in my church, "Crazy faith," like my faith is crazy. Yeah. My faith, yeah, is, yeah. You know, I told, um, and you know, Siobhan knows like I. You might as well say I was in the military. I've lived in New York, I've lived in Virginia, and now I'm living in Charlotte. A lot of people, you know, we laugh, but a lot of people can't do that. I've lived in three pretty much major cities, and I've been able to establish myself in all three. That takes a faith beyond, you know, that you can think my faith is big. And not only do you, you know, I live in Charlotte now, so I'm even further away from home, but I, you know, work a full-time job, and I have a business, and I have a son in college. And I think sometimes we... Myself don't really see that. Like somebody really had to tell me, like, you know, people don't do what you do. That's not normal. You've lived in Virginia mm-hmm. and you were successful. Mm-hmm. Going back home and you were successful. Now you're in Charlotte, you were successful. There's something about you that separates you, and that is my faith. Right. My foundation, um, like I said, was my home church, and it taught me that when I came on my own, I knew how to pray. You know, I knew how to get a word through. Um, so when you've moved to, I think anybody you go through, um, you know, transition, transitional periods, it's going to touch your faith. And I've, I've transitioned, okay? I've transitioned yeah, yeah, yeah. from New York to Virginia, back to New York, and now to Charlotte. And, um, but I thank God I am going to be forty in three weeks. And as yeah, you are. I'm going to be forty in three weeks, and my son is going to be twenty one in September. And I am so excited. I know sometimes we shy away from our age and, you know, our kids' age, especially if they're old as mine, that goes to show y'all was fresh. (laughs) Needless to say, it's to my testimony. (laughs) Um, You know, I survived. And and I'm, you know, my son is in college. He didn't even want to go to school. He said school was for suckers. And now my baby's in college. (laughs) He's he's just, you know, um, he did. Um, But to see that, and not only to see that like I just told you guys before, he's going to church on his own. He lives states away. He's about 10-hour drive. Um, nobody told him he went by himself. My faith, my relationship, you know, and my prayer life has gotten my child to that. You know, people can talk all this good stuff, but if your fruits don't speak for you, my son is my fruit. <laughs> so if mm-hmm. your fruits don't speak for you, yeah, you can say all those things that you want Um, But I'm so thankful and I'm just in a a place of gratitude now as I get ready to embark on this new journey. And it really makes you go back and just think about all that God has brought you through and all that you've come from. And just really Mm -hmm. appreciative of where you are. And as I look around, I know I complain. I don't have this and I'm not where I want to be, but I'm grateful for my today. I'm grateful for what I have and what he's brought me through. And, um, you know, just having the faith you know, to believe I came out here on a dream. I literally dreamed that I was going to be in Charlotte and I moved. Italy. No job, no man, no family. I had a dream. <laughs> no job, no man. <laughs> no family. And I had a dream that I moved to Charlotte and I did that. I took mm-hmm. my son. He was 13 at the time. Um, mm-hmm. And I was working at Geico and I've worked at Geico for, thir- let me not mix it, maybe 10 or 12 years. Yeah. 12 years at Geico. I left my job. Picked up my thirteen-year-old son and moved, mm-hmm. yeah. and um, that's crazy faith. That that's you know that's for crazy sure crazy faith. Um, and when my family told me I was stupid, you know, I was making a, a decent living. I was working at the guy called New York, twelve mm-hmm. years. So that mm-hmm. you know that add on and add on, and um, and I left because I had a dream. Um, mm-hmm. and I and here and I'm here now, and I and I thank God for where I am. You know, um, it's just amazing. Sometimes we really got to sit back and see, like. You know, I really, you know, I did it. <laughs> I did it. No, it's not everything I wanted to be, but I did it. I mm-hmm. thank God that I did. Yeah. And, um, you know, and, you know, my son is where he is and we're, you know, we're, we're doing good. And I'm, I'm just so appreciative. Um, So the way my faith is, people don't, won't even believe me. People tell me all the time, like, how do you do what you do? Mm-hmm. I just tell them, you know, it, it literally is my faith. Like, that's my story. Yeah, you you know, I get that all sure. the time. They're like, yo, how do you do this? How are you this? You know, how are you that? How do you, it's, it's literally, I am a living testimony of my faith. I, I can't say anything about it. I, I literally am that I'm a representation of my faith. So, yeah, I like that. Um, if I needed to um answer that, I would say, um, my knowledge of the word evolved as, um, the teaching that I was receiving evolved, and then my thirst um, for it. Uh, now, and then, you know, having a time to live out the word um, and your faith being tested. I, I remember, I remember saying this very silly, foolish prayer. Um, and you'll understand why it's foolish in a minute. Um, when I was younger and I say, God, you know, everything's okay with my life. I want this huge testimony because in my mind, I was like, you know, I not that I wasn't saved enough, but I wanted that amazing testimony where God uh, brought me out the pit or God, um, I was an alcoholic and then I, I prayed and he made me lose a taste of alcohol. Like I wanted like that. So that's what I said I wanted. But as a result, God was like, hold on, baby, I got something for you. Don't don't even worry about it. Don't even worry about it. Um. So, um. Uh, yeah, I, I, he, I didn't know what was planned for me. Had I known what was planned for me, I wouldn't have prayed that prayer. Because let me tell you something. Um, <laughs> I know that God hears my prayers by different different ways. There's one thing that used to happen when I was in college, and this is after I got my life, right? I got snatched right up. And um, so I told you freshman year, I was living my life. Mm-hmm. And, um, but it was only first semester, second semester. I was like, God, I'm going to go to church. God, I'm going to go to church. I'm going to go to church. And I missed church that day. And then my gospel choir at my church, um, no, my church at my school, they were having a concert and they were singing the song. (laughs) They were singing the song in the sanctuary. You know, that song and you know how long that song is. I promise you by the time they got to their last, Yes, Lord, for the rest of my days. I was there and from there I've rededicated my life like God. I'm really gonna do this thing for you. Um really became not someone else. I became more of who I who I who I was. Um from there I kind of took off. I was going to noonday prayer. Um I um co-led our women's ministry bible study, um Proverbs 31. I was I was pretty sold out. I was on a step team. We I auditioned for the step team my freshman year. Um, I, we had something called the freshman step show. Uh, so all the dorms would challenge each other for a step show. I wasn't there for anything. The day of audition, I said, somebody teach me the routine real quick. Teach me the routine. Learned the routine, got on the step team, right? We're in practice. I don't like how folks talking to me because <laughs> she stayed but don't play with her. So I didn't like how folks were talking to me. I said, uh-uh. I called him. I said, "Let me tell you something. I can't do this because practice is on the same day as Bible study, anyway, and I can't do that." Oh so, wow! Like, that was the, so that was kind of my story. So, like um, freshman, not fresh freshman year through through the end of my uh, end of my tenure of school, I was just really, really. I would say, um, I would say, sold out, right? But when you look at it and you think that you missed out on something, and that's the thing, like. I I liken I liken Christians to me uh, to French, um, charming and Cinderella, mm-hmm. right? Or just somebody in one of these um, one of these fairy tale stories where they're trying to they think they're missing out on something. Meanwhile, everybody like it's ghetto here. Go back to the palace, and we like uh uh-uh, uh no because I want to do this. I want to do that. Like you know where your help comes from. You know that God's got you. Um, But as far as like the the prayers, I would, (laughs) I would be in worship so heavy and I'd be singing the song, um, uh, Lord prepare me to be a sanctuary. And I felt like every time I sang that song, all hell would break loose. I said, we ain't finna sing that song no more. Lord prepare me to be a sanctuary, pure and holy, tried and true with thanksgiving. I'll be a living testimony, Lord, for you. Mm-mm. i don't want to play god i don't i I don't want to play no. um and my faith has evolved to the point now where i don't think that a life with god means one without trouble it means that i have refuge in the midst of the trouble because trouble is going to happen whether you're saved or not that's just going to happen that's par for the course of life right but having the tools to navigate those tough times that that's what separates and that's the difference and my faith has my my um i've grown my faith has grown to a point now where i appreciate um my relationship with god not that I was trying to leave God alone, but I was still like, "Well, I want to be a cool kid, and I want to." But sis, you already are. Like, what are we trying to do here? What What are we trying to do here? Exactly. So that that was that's how my faith has evolved, and now to the point where today, I was listening to because um, I'm doing this new Bible plan, of reading the Bible 90 days. Okay. Because you know I'm gonna do three most all the time, all the time. Read the Bible in a year? No gonna read the bible in 90 days so i was listening to like i was listening to numbers i said yo god you i am i am certainly my father's daughter yes i am yes i am get them folks together guy and i'm in there like like mm, dang, dang, god you ain't have to do them like that wait like that i'm like i'm like my mind is blown and i'm so grateful because um i was at a place like this i think when i was in college and then it's been tricky for me because as i've been trying to i guess cover up and hide who i am even in business like oh i don't want to say that i'm a church girl i don't want to say i'm connected to the church because of how it will appear to others mainly meaning i didn't want to repel people but if you're a church girl light attracts light you know what i mean people are drawn to you because of who you are so trying to be someone else is like what are you doing for real so that's how my faith um has evolved and like you um i have a testimony in my children as well because they're doing amazing things they have a desire and a thirst for god and we've had some seasons we've had some storms that we've weathered together and i know that um because it's been sometimes i'm like i'm waiting for the other shoe to drop but god's got them so well that they are covered and i'm um, starting to see not, i've already seen fruit but like now it's like no God's really got them, they've gotten, they have their own relationship with God, not I just go to church, oh, mommy, what do you want to do, but, like, literally, like, God, this is ghetto, what are we doing about this, like, they can come to God like that, and I love that for both of them, so that's been a, testi- a testimony of how the, my um, my faith has grown, where now I'm not, like, God, can you do this for me, and if you don't do it for me, then you are not God, like, come on, be so for real, grow up, <laughs> you know, but sometimes I think a thing and it happens, mm-hmm. and I'm like, yeah, go ahead. Not gonna be doing that. And I asked him, he's just so hard at it. I just want to throw that disclaimer out there because he really do not listen. <laughs> he um, don't care. He okay with don't care what you want. About nothing like this is not what I asked you. I did not. That, I right, just, right. I just not did just did not I it. that. <laughs> um, but <laughs> that's, <laughs> and I think, um, you know, that that he's just so funny. I don't know how people don't understand how hilarious he really mm-hmm. is. If y'all don't think God has a sense of humor, y'all are not really experiencing who he is because mm-hmm. dude is funny mm-hmm. <laughs> and disrespectful. Exactly. He's so funny and he's so disrespectful. Um, But I love that I can put it, even in that, I can put his name on anything and he gonna mm-hmm. back me up, ten toes down to the ground. Um, And uh, Siobhan and I always say this, God gonna spin the block for me. Um, And that's Everyone. one thing I know for sure and i say you know we're not perfect people but we we're good people and we have mm-hmm. good intentions so i know he going he going he going to spend a block so. yeah yeah with how you handle me um mm-hmm. and you know and i think that's <laughs> and i just think that you know that no having that relationship like you say even with your kids can have that like yeah, I, I, me and him, we, we like this. Like, he don't, he don't listen, and he hard-headed. But that's my boy. Like, that's my dude. He is. Hey, yo, What's up? What, what's, we good? We we walk in here? Um, We we going here? This is where we go? All right. All right, say less. Like, that. that's really where my thing... We going in. Yeah. All right, let's go. You said it. I'm out. No money, no nothing, because I know he got me. And, you know, we don't talk about it a lot, and it's not always materialistic things, but that I can just show you how... You you have to trust in him that much. Like mm-hmm. um, I think there's a saying that say you know he doesn't um, he doesn't call the qualify he qualifies the call right like, you know and, right and that's so deep like when you know him that much like it doesn't matter what you have he he got you like he he gonna he gonna do his part you just gotta do your part and do you know what he asked you to do and he gonna back the rest and that's kind of how our relationship is I know he gonna back me. I'm gonna have this and I'm gonna do it. And I know that's literally how I live my life. And people always be like, yo, you, you crazy. I'm not crazy, I know who I know who's for me. I know who I'm rolling with. So if <laughs> nobody come, I know who coming with me. Like I know yeah. who gonna swing when I swing. I know who going right. with me, right. I know who gonna talk when I talk. So, you know, it's just like our relationship is really that be- big and it's that deep, you know? When you live on your own and you're away from everybody, you know i'm all, I'm close i have a really close family but they're not here they are literally hours mm-hmm. away. Mm-hmm. if something happens to me mm-hmm. it's going to take them a while to get here i had no choice but to have a relationship and i know that he took me away from my comfort zone and that's how i got strong like people say you're strong no i i became strong because i had to like i had you know it literally was me and him in the clutch you know i used to say all the time um you don't know that jesus is all you need until he's all you have like he literally was all i had for seasons even in this season right now, my you know, this is my first time I've ever literally lived alone with nobody. My son is not here. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm an empty nester.
1: Mm. I look good, I look good
0: for my age, but I'm an empty nester. Yeah. You know, um, but to be in this place and to have that safety net because our relationship is like that like you know it's not easy to live alone to live over, far away from everybody you know my mama is over 10 hours away my family Siobhan all of them they far mm-hmm. they're literally far um but I know like you know who I'm with so whatever move I make you know whatever I do like I know like he got me like we good you know wherever I go whatever room I you know walk in or Whatever city I go to next, you know I'm always ready to move. I'm Whatever city I, I go to next, pull up on me, right? Like I, you know, he coming. You know, he coming. Like that's our relationship. That's our bond. That's you know, that's who I rode with. And it's so dope because that's literally, uh, to me, uh, the beauty of Christianity, uh, the personal relationship. Right now, Very we personal. try to find stuff for ourselves, but. Um, I always like to say your relationship with me is not like your relationship with your other friends. So, like, why would we expect our relationship with Christ to you know, be exactly the same? It's not he gonna he's gonna talk to me the way I can be talked to. And your girl is stubborn, so he's gonna be like, I, I all right, go ahead. No, 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 go ahead, big dog, you got it. Mm-hmm. And then I come back like, Okay, that was that was hot, right? I told you mm-hmm. that was hot. Oh, oh, okay, it was feeling like hell over there. Yeah, hell is hot. Come back over here and do the right thing. <laughs> So that's that's been like um, a big deal for me. So keeping true to the confessions of a church girl. Talk <laughs> mm-hmm. so about relationships in church and the stigma around dating in the church. I don't know. Uh, I don't know what your story is um, as it um, pertains to dating in the church, but I'll let oh, you. I would say I would do definitely. with whatever that answer the question. However you feel. Oh, I am. It, it's ghetto. Let me. I just told this lady this and. <laughs> how my mom always say, "God forgive me." I do not recommend zero. <laughs> how to say zero stars, zero, zero, stars. Stars, zero out of- <laughs> So my thing with this is probably going to open up a can of words, but I just personally, sorry, did not. Did, I always think church or men in church are two things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> say it, and that's either they doing too much and then everybody's face mm-hmm. or they play for the team and I ain't got okay. time. I okay. don't have time to figure out which, so mm-hmm. I just, I think I have one church boyfriend, two, I'm lying, two, my whole life. And they won the first one lasted probably like two days. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think he was just trying to get another girl jealous, so I don't even think he was. I think he used me, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so that didn't count. And then the second one, I, I caught me off guard because we were in church, and this lady came to me and she was like, Girl, let, I have to tell y'all this introduction because this was crazy. We're in church revival, and she's like, Girl, my homeboy think you are the bomb, he likes you from your head. I mean, she really put on mm-hmm. and i was looking at her, like, what is happening? Like we are in service. She was like your hair, your shoes. He just like everything about you, and I'm like, oh, what what is happening right now? Like I don't know that because now I don't even know if I can worship. Like I, you know, I've been trying to get into the service. That's another thing. Yeah. But anyway, so ended up being the drummer. She was the uh, the guest singer. Um, mm-hmm. We called him the guest because uh, it was revival. I guess worship uh team praise team she was mm-hmm. the lead singer and it was her drama do not recommend mm-hmm. needless mm-hmm. to say another week re- and he didn't go to my church that that was one thing I did not do now that's one thing I did, I did not date in my church because I'm very serious about my worship I'm very serious mm-hmm. about my church. So I'm like I don't be playing that like I don't be one to keep church like well sometimes you got to because church is foolery too however like i love my (laughs) worship and i didn't and i never want anybody to kind of take that away from me because i feel like this is personal no matter what you know if you like somebody you like are you looking at me like you Mm -hmm. shout different i don't i don't want to taint that like i want to shout if my Mm -hmm. eyelash Mm -hmm. come off i want it to Mm -hmm. come off with my you know mascara whatever like i want to be able to shout i want to be able to lift my hands I want to be able to be free. That's it, free to worship. And I feel like sometimes having a relationship in church can kind of paint that kind of, you know, make you feel like, is he looking I Don't look at me because I, I want to I I do church stuff. I want to be all in. I want to be zeroed in. I want to be zoned in. That's my time. You know, that's my refreshing time. Me getting my energy, my encouragement. I don't want somebody to paint that. And then the other things I said, I always, because men in church, they be doing a lot. That is my thing about dating. I always wanted to bring somebody into church. Or if he went yeah. to another church, um, we could maybe, you know, decide that later on. Um, but, I, you know, I never really wanted anybody so churchy, churchy too. Like, yeah. I needed like a reformed Christian, like a little... Yeah. A little yeah uh, booger, but who loved they the found blood. god late in life right, <laughs> right right i need a little dog on me right oh god, i, I, I did you. i did so you know like i said I, i'm born and raised in church but i am mm-hmm. from the hood, you know and and you know we i was in the streets i was in church and i was in the streets. so that side of me <laughs> yeah that side of me is still you know that side of me but so yeah, I need I need a little bit of that. I I need a, a good balance, you know. I need so that I that, that I I never really did it. I uh, literally those two times, and neither one of them went to my church. Yeah, and yeah, because um, yeah, now nah. yeah. So for me, I didn't think I had a dating in church story until I realized that literally is my story. <laughs> right? Because yeah. Okay, so I um. I dated someone in college who was a musician. It was cute and ghetto at the same time. Um, and let me know that I know I know why people say don't date musicians. Copy that. Then I tell Copy you that. zero. Copy answer. that. Zero. So the second person um, I dated in church, I was a guest speaker at um, at, at their church speaker at their church i was speaking for their, their children's youth day um and they were on the drums this particular day they were on the drums was i checking for them no because i would learned my lesson about musicians what are we even doing but after church he came up to me and um introduced himself so you look familiar let me tell you how i was still over it i was over people I was over people, um, and we exchanged numbers and like clicked, like we really clicked. Had a really really dope time, vibed the whole summer, um, just over the phone, like getting to know each other and everything, and that was great. And um, our relationship blossomed from there. We went to church together, we worshiped together. Um, it didn't impact our, it didn't impact our praise, um, or anything like that. <laughs> Really, really vibe. And um, that's the person I married. So um uh, almost 20 years later, here we are. <laughs> so that's my dating history. <laughs> like, I really dated in a I had no clue. So yeah, how about it? Anyway,
1: um let's not
0: pass that anyway. Literally. Um let's say um I want to ask this question. How has your church involvement impacted your community? Well, I guess technically, because I go to church, you know, I always say this, and I make a joke. I said because I live here, (laughs) the people are sad. My community is sad because I'm here. Um, And you know what? I'm laughing, but I I, I definitely feel like it's some truth because I'm here. Mm -hmm. (laughs) They can't do but so much. I can't be shooting out here. Mm -hmm, My daughter over there. Um, I do i didn't get to do it this year because I was, I was really sick um but my church and then me being in church you know i, I love to um give well actually i'm lying because he definitely did so i uh, think i told y'all i do treats and um you know i actually give them out so my friend um I made some treats and he t- so we have, I think they call it tent city. It's where like the homeless people live. Um, And I do a lot of giving there. So I wouldn't say necessarily the church, the church, my, the church that I go to now, they do a lot of things in different communities. They're not in my community per se, Um, but they do a lot of things too. Um, you know, for Thanksgiving, they give uh, Christmas, we did bags and things mm-hmm. like that. But I just feel like me personally, Again, being raised in the church, I was always taught to give. It made me a giver. Um, Mm. So because I'm a giver by nature and I see people in me, my community, you know, wherever I am, that's who I am. So I'm going to give. So I actually made some treats and we sent them out. Um, So the people in the community was getting banana pudding, honey. Look at it. (laughs) First made cheesecakes, Mm -hmm. banana pudding. I didn't do no... Whack cans and no um, you know, little corny stuff. They, you know, they had some banana but My nice. my sister had said because we had gave some and not too much uh, on the cans. And they was like, who? And my sister, my sister, she's like the homeless guy was just walking. Who? That's <laughs> um, so, so good. yeah. We freshly may not know, and not that I'm not because I definitely give cans and <laughs> and the sheets and things. But I wanted to do something. That's so a nice chain Shameless plug. <laughs> I want to so do a bigger and better next year. I want to go to the hospital. My aunt gave me an idea to maybe do it um for like the older people and cuz you know people always do stuff for kids and you know but yeah, my heart is always for the elderly. Always have, you know, they don't always have people some of them, you know, their kids or whatever the case may be may not really be in their lives. So to do some so I do want to find a way to bring, you know, my um freshly made treats into the hospital, so, but for that kind of thing, I'm definitely going to need some help. Um, so yeah. So, yeah, but that's, but I think again, having that background, being raised in that makes me want to give, makes me want to help in any capacity that I can. Um, so being able to, you know, bless them and they like, oh, it is, you know, something different and now even want to do it on a different level, a higher scale, um, you know, that's all from um, being in a place that helps you want to get helps you want to do better helps you want to be a better neighbor and a better person in the community um so i think you know i get that from there my own um, pastor now he always talk about you know being a better neighbor because we don't even think about that like just being a good neighbor um you know mm-hmm. my neighbor she she i cook too i make treats and she makes um she cooks but because she's my neighbor i support her i buy stuff mm-hmm. you know because that's you know who I am and how it's great. So even if they're doing the same thing I'm doing, I'm still going to support because it's the neighborhood, it's the community. You want to see your community thrive, so you know I make sure I be a good steward of my community. Yeah, I love that. That's good. Thanks. Um, I I like that that because I'm in it. That's definitely you know helping the community. Um, I uh participate. Me my involvement in church, I think, gives me access to the community, right? It's a funnel. My church um that I currently attend has um so many, so many avenues. Um, definitely giving, right? Giving of uh, my tithes and my offering. That's funds community. Uh we have some ministries um that we support overseas, but we do so much in the local community. We have a program called um Hope Market. Um where we deliver fresh produce to the community and for me to be able to be a part of that team. Right. Um, Cause I was able to service it. Um, whether it be the packing or whether it be de- delivering the, um, delivering the the bags of food because for the elderly, we'll go and deliver it to them. Um, definitely. Um, angel tree. So being able to uh, support that mission and angel tree with work, um, providing gifts for, um, children of parents who are um, incarcerated, incarcerated. So giving them gifts on behalf of their uh, parents. But I really just think the proximity that it gives them because they have a larger reach. So um, you don't have to do things in silos. I can do a lot on my own and I do. Um, but partnering with an organization, church organization, um, to do it on a larger scale is definitely what what I'm able to do, um, I get to lend my talents. Um, instead of having to find some something to do, I can do so much. So, yeah, I can be in a ho- home market here. Okay, then I'm going to support the youth here. We had a bonfire, I think, on my son's birthday. We had a bonfire for the community. Mm-hmm. And this is East New York, Brooklyn. Like... <laughs> bonfire for real so um, Mm -hmm. Um, yeah some of the testimonies coming from people saying that this is their first time uh, attending a bonfire or their first time having an actual s'more over an open fire like that's like really really huge so um, having that impact on the community is amazing so um, two more things before we wrap it up the first thing um, is balancing secular and spiritual you talk about Um, striking a balance between secular and spiritual life? I used to struggle with that a lot. Um, Trying to find my balance. Because um, you know, again, born in church from Brooklyn, Mm -hmm. from Bedford-Stuyvesant. And I like to be outside. I like the streets. Mm -hmm. I love Mm -hmm. church, but I loved outside. Mm -hmm. And at one point, I was very churchy. Mm-hmm. So even when I was outside, I was always very churchy and then I had my son and I know, yeah, I was fresh, but I was still churchy and my son. So first it was people. I never forget. My son's father had a, a boxing match i can't remember who uh, he had a fight he had a fight party excuse me he was mm-hmm. boxing somebody's boxing then we all had little um drinks in our hand now drink in my hand and the girl his sister she had a drink and when she see me she like moves it away she hit it or something and i was like girl, what you doing that for she was like because every time i see you i see jesus literally mm. it was like 12 o'clock at night you know the boxing fights the main event always really late. So it's late. And I have a drink in my hand. Mm-hmm. He has one. And she sends this to me. And I'm like, but I have a drink in my hand. She said, I, I, it doesn't matter. Like, I, I just can't do this in front of you. Yeah. And another sister of mine keeps talking. and She said a curse word. And she's like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. And I was like, girl, like, what do you apologize for? Ah, you know, I can't curse around. And I'm like, hello, I'm your sister. What are you talking about? but anyway and then my son so these are things that happened when my son got older he was like mom you know sometimes I can't feel like I can talk to you so Kirk Franklin <laughs> that, at that time that's all he knew to say <laughs> right 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 and I realized I became and not that it was necessarily a negative thing but sometimes we become so holy so mm-hmm. to speak that you know people can't really relate to us they can't talk to mm-hmm. us and I never, want my, I never wanted my son to feel like he couldn't talk to me. Then I realized I didn't share with him who I, would, like, who I was. I never would really play secular music, and mm-hmm. this, people didn't know that my son. I never really would play that. Like he didn't even know. Like Biggie was my favorite rapper until he got older. Like mm-hmm. I didn't do. Like I, because I had my son young, it was like I had a point to prove, right? Mm-hmm. Sort of wrote that. Mm-hmm. yeah, I may have. Fallen, um, but I'm still saved, and y'all not gonna see me on, you know, this and mm-hmm. happen to be, you know, it's this thing I had in my head. So I had something to prove. And I think because of that, I went like so, so holy, um, you know. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that, but I think you have to find a balance. But then in I realized, in, and in finding a balance, and I also realized I wasn't happy, but, you know, I wanted my son to be raised right, and I wanted him to know Jesus. So I became that yeah but then um when i you know became who i really was i don't want to say really was because i am that too but then when i mm-hmm. you know allowed myself to you know be okay like you know listen not get too crazy with it but definitely had to play my of music and my son and our relationship we're, were much closer now like people can talk to me and and they still have that respect but i think mm-hmm. i've been able to attract a different audience and other people because now mm-hmm. they can talk to me as well. They still right. see my difference and they still know there's something about you. Like People still come to me all the time like, what is it that's different about you? Like You're here, but there's something different about you. So I love that glow, but I do feel like I've been able to get more people when I came down a little bit. Like, came, mm-hmm. came down, mm-hmm. down mm-hmm. a little mm-hmm. bit. Um, so now... You know, now I, I'm I'm like holy hood, I say that. Like I'm a little I'm holy. Yeah, I'm a little bit, yeah. Holy, little bit hood. like like, how they say holy hood, pray with me, don't play with me. Like I'm that. <laughs> um and I think for me I had to be unapologetically who I was because mm-hmm. sometimes we get so caught up that we, you know, kind of forget who we really are. And he gave yeah. me the he created me with. A little bit of hood for a reason right? correct that's Go why back. I was born where I was that's why my parents are who they are you mm-hmm. know that's why I live where I live to you know to use that and not try to you know be something else be be that there's a reason why you you know you like to fight there's a reason why you do this don't throw all of that away don't push right. all that to the side there's right. a reason why you are who you are you like mm-hmm. what you like you like big you like whatever there's a reason why that and and I can speak to those people. Yeah, yeah, I know all those lyrics. However, you know, do you know who Jesus is? Like, you know, just as much as you know Biggie. You know mm-hmm. how they say, what you know this song. Do you know your ABCs? You Don't know the yeah, do you know who <laughs> Jesus is? Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm able to attract a different crowd because, you know, I am literally who I am. I can walk into the bar and literally have a conversation about Jesus and not feel no type of way because mm-hmm. I use whatever I am, whoever I am, wherever I am at work, it's so crazy. And I'm just like, just you mad funny because I can't even enjoy the bar because why are we talking about you? I got the minister. Got the minister. <laughs> but you know what's funny? And and, and I don't want to just encourage people to just go there, but I realize these people, sometimes they're never going to go in church. So, right, right. been able to use me in places where I never went. I met let me say, no, I'm gonna stop talking. Like, one of my exes met him going it's a bar called Peaches in New York. It's like a restaurant in the bar. Okay. And oh, yeah. He told me, and that wasn't I think I met you on uh, Chivon, you and Naima that day. Remember, I told you I met the guy outside that's neither here nor there. But yeah. we were on the peaches one time, and I met my ex. And he he did not believe he was atheist, he didn't believe, but he always tells me, even today, you're the only Christian that really talked to me. Like, as soon as I tell people that they kind of turn uh, up, yeah. but because again, you come down and you can relate to people. I planted a seed. I may not water it. And your job is not always to water. Sometimes you're just to plant the seed. But to get him to be open-minded, like he would literally listen to my conversation because I'm able to, you know, talk and not be condescending. Because sometimes church people can yes. come to get a little snippy and a little condescending and a little snootish because we be on that high. You got to come down. Because all you're doing is talking to other church people. The point is to get those that are not there how you gonna get them if you're only in this place and only in this crowd and you don't take advantage of every opportunity. So whether I'm in, and not to say I'm always in the bar, but even in there, because I'm comfortable in my skin, I, I'll tell people, yeah, I'm going to church and I'm going to church tomorrow yeah. because I'm comfortable in who I am. I know you know who I am. I don't have to feel the same. Oh, you in the bar and going to church? Sure am. I sure am gonna be there bright and early. Yep. Um. Yeah. But anyway, and I, that always made me feel good because he always said that, like, you know, like, you're a real one. Like, you know, I really respect it because when church people talk and I don't even listen to them, they don't listen to me, I don't listen to them. So, you know, knowing that, it makes you feel good. Like, yo, I could talk to any crowd. Yeah, that makes a difference. I I like that. Thank you um, for that because that's, it's just true. Um, As far as, like, uh, finding a balance between secular and spiritual, Um, I w I knew this from a child and I am conditioning my mind for this now that, you know, I am in this world, but I'm not of this world, Mm -hmm. you know, and that's, that may sound cliche. Um, it could be, but for me, it is an affirmation for me. Um, it is a reminder that when I begin to operate as if this world is all there is, um, it affects everything around me uh but when i remember that i that i'm a am a spirit you know i'm a spirit being um spiritual being and i live in this body you know but to operate and um through spiritual principles is it's still the right way you know what i mean like you're not Mm -hmm. doing too much i used to think i'm doing too much whatever but I what I love that where I am now, because I had my phase of being churchy as well, because it was kind of like, oh, you know, I mean, that's all I knew. So I, I couldn't be anybody else but that. Um, but I know I was too rigid. And then it was kind of like I was so rigid and it's like, oh Shavon, you gotta loosen up. And then I will loosen up like, oh, okay, well, um, are you even saved? And then I had to shut everybody up like I am who I am, right? And I'm human um because I was born in this human flesh, but I'm gonna walk the this- thing out i know i know whose i am um uh, and i know who is the author and the finisher of this story of my life so i'm not the one like you paint your piece and you write your own story no not quite like that we have some liberties but within the parameters and for me i am navigating that balance because um and i listen like what, there's no way in the world that you are um studying your word you're praying, you're, um committed to a church and getting you're in that community and you are allowing God to lead your life and there's not going to be a conviction or something that will come up to a lot to cause you to have a boundary right no we're not perfect and there's some there's some liberty that we have but we don't take advantage of the liberty that we have so there are going to be some boundaries there's going to be some clear-cut things that you're not going to see me do you're not going to see me act a particular way will I do something and make a mistake? And I might, you may feel like, Hey, maybe I didn't know her at all, but um, understand that that's, that's, that's humanity. It's not making an excuse for it, but I am not striving for perfection. I'm striving to be better. I'm striving for God to be pleased. And I think with that boundaries happen, right. And then the balance happens. I'm still working out my balance, what that looks like, what I'm able to do, what I'm not able to do. Um, Because, you know, going somewhere I'm, me personally at this age, I'm not going to the club because where I'm going. Why? Why I'm going there? That's me. That's my story. That's not me saying, Oh, you are that's my story. However, you find me at a lounge, mind your business. That's where I'm you know, gonna go. But you're not gonna catch me out there doing something compromising that um because it's just not who I am. You know, that's that's not that's, as as the people say, the entrepreneurs, that's not um What is it? That's not in alignment with my brand. That's not. That's off brand for me. That's off brand. But like literally for me, um, I think that if you are walking the walk, stresses me out. If you're walking the walk, (laughs) um, if you're walking the walk, then and when I say walking the walk, meaning you are, you're in a relationship, right? So you're going to spend time with God because you care enough to do so. You're going to be in the Word because you care. You're going to worship, you're going to pray, you're going to make sure that you are an example. You're going to show the love, right? You're going to show the love of God, possibly to people who are not lovable or or not displaying behavior that is lovable. You're going to do that. Um, and I think that helps to create a particular um, balance for me. So as far as like even uh, tips for maintaining um, that that type of lifestyle, get a Bible. Get a Bible that oh you know you have to get a bible because you got the whole bless the lord bible gateway on the web and then the um the bible app um on all you know on android or um on apple and it has all the different translations for you it has the bible plans even has like um daily readings daily scriptures all of that you want to you want to condition your mind and your heart you want to um 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 Go through the Romans road to salvation, you know? Um definitely uh if you hear this podcast, wherever you hear it, write a question. Send a DM, do whatever you you know need to do because I'm trying to tell you life is life is better here. Life is better, you know, with God. So that's my confession. That's my confession as a church girl that life is better with God. So I'll toss this last question out to you. Um, what advice would you have, would you give to young church girls? You just said it, life is better with God. Um. that's I mean because everybody's story is so different so anytime somebody asks me what would you say to your younger self what would you say to younger people mm-hmm. it's <laughs> just depends <laughs> on who it is um, mm-hmm. and at the moment it kind of you know comes to me but um, I don't know I I you know that question? I don't know. I always get stuck on that question because I think it all depends like what would I say to my younger self or what would I say to younger girls? I think mm-hmm. the best thing I probably, probably would say is like what helped me just know know the word for yourself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely know the word for yourself. S- study for yourself. Um. I get... The, that's always a tough question. But I think know the word for yourself, study for yourself, and um, listen to that small voice, that still small voice, because it would keep you out of a whole lot of trouble. And trust that still mm-hmm. small voice. If it tell you don't go, don't go. If it tell you leave, yeah. honey, leave. Um, Because even like you mentioned you were two when you started. Even at a young age, I didn't do everything. I couldn't do what everybody else, matter of fact, there we go. Couldn't do what everybody else was doing. Don't be afraid to not do what everybody else is doing. I don't care how they, if everybody else jumped off, off the roof. Whatever they're doing, it's okay to stand out. It's okay to not go. It's okay to be different. Um, You know, we had all the friends, but we still stood out. We still had a different bond. And, and, you know, and that's okay because we had a lot in common. And, you know, that was obviously our foundation. But be okay Mm -hmm. with having maybe one friend um, that understands you. Or even if you're your only friend, like, be okay with that. It's okay to be different because sometimes trying to be like other people will get you in a lot of trouble. Yeah. (laughs) And, And have you making decisions that will still... You'll be paying for it in your 40s and 50s. So definitely don't be afraid to be alone. Don't be afraid to stand out. Listen to that small voice. Definitely go with God. Pray for yourself and know him for yourself. I like that. I like that. Um, What advice would I give? I would say know that you know, meaning you say it to yourself until you know that you are on the winning team. There's no other team better than this. If you're loving, um, trusting God, this is the team that you want to be on. Uh, don't wait until you get older to realize you were already on the winning team and you was trying to trade. a team. Yeah. <laughs> and then um, I would also say that say that every part of you is valuable. You may not see it right now, but every part of you is valuable and submit to God the parts of you that you don't see the value in. And then ask God why why he created those parts of you so that um, you can then begin to appreciate and God can use it, appreciate those parts and then God can use it. So those would be my two biggest takeaways. And um, not only is every part of you valuable, but then also um, every part of you is valuable and give yourself grace. Mm, that's a good one. Just because you're a church girl does not, does not mean that you are the standard or the picture of perfection or a pedestal to be held up to. Because people will love to put you, love to put church girls on a pedestal just so they can kick the ladders once you're up there. Like, that's just absolutely ridiculous. And I'm just seeing it time and time again. And what that does to someone who has a pure heart, um, it makes them feel like the voice in their head that tells them that they weren't good enough. It's true. Mm-hmm. We go left, so that's what that's part of the seed planted that we were talking about earlier, um, and that damage. So that's what I would tell a young girl. Um, and finally, we've come to the end of our podcast. But I like to end um each podcast with dropping gems. So, um, if there's a final thought that you have or something that you want to give the listeners, um, this could be in and just for context, this can be in addition to what we shared with young girls, this could be um, someone who's looking out, who's like, well, I'm not a church girl, so I'm not, whatever the case is, this could be um, anything, just a life lesson, a life quote, whatever you have. We want to know what you what you got? What you got, Jess? What you got for us? <laughs> you know, these questions off the top, I'll be having to think. Um, <laughs> I guess the um, what I would say is, sticking to the topic, being a church girl, um, you know, even through all the ups and downs. I love being a church girl and I don't I wouldn't trade it for the world. I think sometimes, you know, even listening to the world, they'll say, Oh, church girls are the worst. Or they the freaks, you know, we have so many nicknames and bad reputations. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um But I love who I am, you know, and I love somebody literally just asked me when I went to church. It's like, oh, you going to church. Why do you like going to church? And I explained to them, there's something about being in the midst of people like minded that you can't get, even though we can have church in our house. That's what we say, right? Oh, I am the church, but you need your community. Do not let the world separate you from that community. We need each other. We need each other and we're getting to this place where everybody's trying to be. I don't need nobody. You need somebody. Don't be afraid to love on your community. Nobody's perfect. Siobhan mentioned earlier um, the church is a hospital. Um, there are sick people there. We're not making an excuse for them, but let's not be so quick to walk away, to turn our back. As soon as something happens, we're bashing them. Let's cover one another. Let's love one another. Let's um, appreciate and really unite more than ever before. I believe the church is at war um, at large. Um, so the church girls and need it. Um, you know we church girls unite (laughs) you know we're at a place where we're really at church girls unite yes we're really trying to they're trying to divide us bring us down and expose the church so this is not the time to run it's not the time to hide this is not the time to be on the fence um how they say uh you know god doesn't like a double-minded man you you have to pick you got to pick a side you either Mm -hmm. for it or you're against it and i think just now it's time to pick a side, time to stand up, time to, you know, decree, decree and declare. We were so quick to post the bad things that the church is doing. But I wish we would start right. really highlighting the good things and, you know, just come together and, um you know, really embrace that community and just pray for the church. <laughs> pray for the church, girls. Pray for the church. Yes, that was a word in itself. Pray for the church. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I love that. Thank you for that. Uh, well, what I? I'm gonna go back to what I shared with um a young church girl, and this is just for anyone. Uh, that every part of you is valuable. You may be living through the ugliest part of your story right now. But I want to encourage you that every single part is valuable. Nothing is wasted. And if you want a scripture to hold on to that, I'll give you Philippians 1 and 6 that says, being confident of this very thing that, he, and this is a new living translation that I'm reading from, from being confident of this very thing that he, which has begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. And that is a scripture that I'm standing on in this season because, I am still walking through one of the ugliest parts of my story. And um I just believe <laughs> that um what is the the another scripture? Um I think popping in this right thing. Uh that I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. <laughs> Bless the Lord. There's a blessing for my there's a blessing for my seed and there's a blessing for generations behind me. But I am going to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. So absolutely. Um, but yeah, but just thank you so much for <laughs> taking the time out. I threw this on you. I said, sis, I'm talking about let me throw the title at you. Confessions of a church girl. I need you on. it. you was like, first you were trying to play like you were shy. Anyway, but I'm so glad for your yes. I called you out, my bad. (laughs) Um, But I thank you for your yes. Um, I just pray that anyone who needs to hear this, this podcast would get into the ears of anyone who needs to hear this because um, we are a testament of God's grace, um, God's favor over our life, what God can do with the ugly parts also um, because it hasn't always been pretty for either one of us. So um, I'm just hoping that, you know, anyone who comes across this podcast can be blessed um, that people will rededicate that they will be team church girl, team kingdom kid, gang gang, (laughs) gang gang. So um, absolutely. So thank you so much, Jess. You know, I love you so much. Love you too. (laughs) Peace out. Thank y'all. Later.